You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I've gone back over the box score. I've gone back over the Bears' loss to the Rams. And I think that there are some really interesting questions that the Bears have to answer over the next few weeks and and maybe for the rest of the tenure of Matt Nagy as the head coach of this team. Play calling is an issue. It's, It's clear as day to everyone that he doesn't seem to be able to take what he what he envisions the offense looks like in a particular game and adapt it to what's actually happening in the game. What's frustrating for me watching the Bears on Monday night was seeing the Rams do creative scheming for their run game. Here's what I mean. Their offensive line is not They've kind of converted over the last two years. The Rams have been kind of one of those high-flying teams where we're going to go four wide. And when they had Todd Gurley, like he was a great like change of pace and, and he was really good. And when he was super healthy, that they were an extremely dangerous offense all the way around. Since then, Gurley kind of got old and then he moved on. And while he's found a little bit of a fountain of youth in Atlanta... He's not the same player that he was two years ago. So the Rams have had to figure out, well, how can we recreate our run game? How can we rebuild it? And I give them credit. They've done a good job of doing it. Now, if you go back to the game against San Francisco, I think Malcolm Brown had one yard in that game. I think that he got stuffed. But what I saw was creativity from Sean McVay to make it so that he was giving you window dressing, that he was giving you misdirection. And I even like the jet sweeps, sweep stuff, although I think they probably do a little too much. But I, I like that they have that as part of their offensive repertoire. And you saw how many guys were able to come up with explosive run plays, run plays of 10 yards or more. They had four different backs, four or I guess four different runners, ball carriers, that had runs of 10 yards or more. And Brown himself had a couple of those. So Henderson, Brown, Woods, Cup. 
each had a run play of 10 yards or more. That's spreading it out so that you have 161 yards on the ground. And you didn't have to do it with one back. You could do it creatively. Every single one of those runners averaged over four yards per carry. Brown averaged 5.7, Henderson 4.3, Woods 5.8, and then the one run for Cooper Cup was 16. That's being a creative designer and play caller. And I think that people are stuck with the play calling aspect, but the design aspect is a big deal too. That we're not seeing enough creativity that's going to allow them to flourish, that's going to allow them to for you to overlook the problems that they have with the offensive line. Here are ways that it's all about scheme, right? It's all about scheme. Here's a way for you to scheme your offensive line into better run plays. Misdirections, getting the flow of the defense to go one way while you're going another. And then all of the things that can be worked off of that. We saw the Rams do that a couple of times where they're getting these misdirection plays. And then what they're able to do is they are able to put defenders in conflict. This happened a couple of times with Khalil Mack where he's like, oh, I have to kind of keep contain. So I'm out here and there's someone that slipped through on the, down the line of scrimmage. And I have to figure out, do I stay with Goff? And, and stay in my technique, or do I float out there? And you got them caught in no man's land, and they were able to get big plays off of it. And with Negi in particular, you look at that, that fourth and one call, Like it's hard to get over that call. It's hard for me to get over that call because David Montgomery was b- brought in here because he's one of those dudes that doesn't come down with first contact. He was brought in here because he's a guy that falls forward. You heard that a lot. One guy is not going to be able to bring him down. I have some thoughts on whether or not Montgomery is all that he was billed to be too. But in a situation where it's fourth and one, I, I, I'd like for him to have the opportunity to make a play instead of Patterson. And don't get me wrong, I have a lot of respect for Patterson as a ball carrier. I just think that in that situation, you want to put the ball in the hands of the guy that's known for falling forward. And Negi still doesn't seem to be able to do that. His play calling is um, questionable at best. It's absolutely questionable. And he's got to ask himself if if he's the guy that should be in that space. If it makes sense to... If, if we're all going to give him credit for being a really good team CEO, then maybe it's time for him to be the team CEO and turn the, the play calling over to someone else while he can handle the rest of the stuff, including what is apparently some sort of communication issue between him and his quarterback. Where you have Nick Foles, at, at least from what Brian Greasy told us, and I know that he backtracked, There is a a difference of opinion between the head coach and the quarterback on what the best play calls are. So let me let you hear from Matt Nagy. This is what he had to say about play calling and his approach to it. Um, 
as far as the the play caller and for me, I mean, and I've, I've told you all this, that, you know, in the situation that we're in right now as an offense, uh, you, you just, you get to a point to thinking, okay, where, where is it? And, and why is it at this point? And so we just have to look at everything. And, and I, I hate, I don't want to point fingers to, I, I just don't want to do that to, to just our offensive line or, or just our wide receivers or tight ends or the quarterback. I mean, cause we're all in this thing together. So we just gotta, I know it's not an answer that y'all want to hear, but we, we have to keep plugging away. We have to, try to fight through this really difficult, um, um, you know, position that we're in right now. And when you have good coaches and you have good players, you usually do that. Now that's going to be our challenge. And so we're going to be facing a really good Saints team here coming up and we're going to have to do it right away and do it fast. So uh, I'm, I'm going to start with, with myself and, and then I'm going to critique and hold everybody accountable for the execution part too, Brad. Matt, are you seeing some like offensive rhythm during the week in practice? And is that why you're surprised this happened in the game tonight? Like you, you said, you didn't see it coming. So did you feel like you saw rhythm coming? You saw them taking the next step? I did. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good week of practice, especially um, our Wednesday, Thursday practice, which I think was Thursday, Friday. Um, the tempo was great. It was fast. It was, there was good execution. Things were good. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's not clicking right now. It's not. And, um, as a, you know, as any competitor and I'm as competitive as a person as there is, that's the part where I have to challenge myself to stay patient and challenge myself to, um, not get frustrated as well and, and, and continue to just keep coaching to the best I can. And, um, look at everything. And so I have to be able to rely on our other coaches that we have on the staff that I have a lot of belief in. And I'm talking across the board, all, all three phases, but in particular, offensively, um, you know, what do we do and, and how do we get to this point? So um, I hate to, you know, I hate to feel repetitive, but uh, we, that's the only thing we can do. You know, we're five and two. So uh, what I said before is we built this little cushion and now it's our job to be able to uh, to to use it and not lose it. Just once, just one time, I'd love for he, for a head coach to tell me that he did see this coming. That he told his team that if they practiced the way that they practiced, that they were going to get beat and they were going to get embarrassed. We hear it all the time you had a good practice and what i'll say is when you're in it it's harder to see what the truth is about what it is you're doing and i i take my experience as a bears beat reporter to that's how i've come to this conclusion a lot of times when you're watching a practice so you're watching Back in the day when they were in Bourbonnais and I was watching these practices, you're looking at your team versus your team. You're looking at the Bears versus the Bears. And if someone does something well in a particular practice or a quarterback looks like he's, he's on in a particular practice, it can look good, but you're still going up against your own personnel. How does that translate to the personnel that you're going to be working against. And trust me, I understand that the Bears did some of this stuff in front of a scout team. 
that they were they were being the Rams, so to speak, and that's why he thinks that there's a good practice. But you never hear coaches say, our guys had a rough week of practice and we were concerned. And it, you don't have to bus toss them, but you can say we were concerned that maybe we didn't get everything that we needed out of a practice and we need to go back and correct that. I need to go back and correct that as this team's head coach. But we warned our guys that this was possible. Everyone in the NFL like defaults to the positive and they make it seem like the negative is is an area where you can't you can't even bring it up. You can't you can't dwell on those things. You can't say anything publicly about it. And then you're stuck looking like an idiot saying that the, the practices were good all week. Congratulations that your practices were good. What happened between your good practices and your poor play on Monday night? Because I will tell you that that if if I had an objective or as objective and of an observer come in and watch your practice, I wonder what they would say. I wonder if they would say that you actually had a good practice throughout the week. You had a bunch of good practice. Remember, we hear we hear Mitch say that nonsense. Or Chase Daniels saying that nonsense about Mitch. Oh, he had a great Thursday practice, and he was, he was ripping it. And Right. Of course, he against your personnel. There's a lot to answer for, and I don't know if this coaching staff has the answers. And that's scary. This is a rough stretch, and everyone's talked about it. I'm curious to see how they rebound. But if you saw all the big chunk run plays that the the Rams got, what makes you think that Alvin Kamara is not going to have an opportunity to make some of those big chunk runs? Taysom Hill, too. Thanks for listening.